Are you wondering what it's like to be a host of a podcast and what it can do for your business? Are you trying to be a guest on a podcast? Today's episode of Social PR Secrets, I interview Sam Breakier. He is the host of two podcasts, and he's going to share with us the ins and outs of launching a podcast, interview tips, production tips, and more. He's coming straight from Columbia. Welcome, Sam. Actually, I had more anxiety about having this call on Zoom than the actual call itself. And I know it's ridiculous. And it seems it almost seems embarrassing because Zoom has just dominated this video conferencing over the, the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't know how I've gone this long without actually using it. I've used almost every other every other service available, it seems. But somehow Zoom has always just not been the one. Yeah, it's super easy. And I think it's the best one. I've used a bunch of different ones too. So see what you think of it today. And yeah, you know, maybe you'll try it out like this background is zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get started. Um, cool. I started the recording. Awesome. Okay. Three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to another episode of social PR secrets. I am here today with my guest, Sam Breakier. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very well. How are you doing today, Lisa? Great. You're coming from a very exciting location. Tell us where you're coming from. I am coming from Medellin, Colombia. Yeah, something different, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you've got that UK accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm originally from Bristol in the UK, but I moved here um, a few years ago just purely by chance. I just came across the place and I, I loved it. Well, we have a lot in common because we're both in the public relations industry. We're both podcasters and we're going to talk about podcasting today. My favorite topic that every day I'm learning new things. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into podcasting and the podcast that you host. Yep. So initially I joined the company that I work for, which is like a PR media company in 2017 when I first moved here to Colombia in Medellin. And I started as a writer and I always enjoyed writing, but it didn't feel like it was like the, the medium that really connected with me. And I came across a podcast by one of my favorite comedians and she, she had a fantastic podcast and I loved it. And I was just so fascinated by it. I like binged the whole thing and like tons of episodes. And I just like every day just listened. And that was my first introduction in podcasting and I loved it. And then I, had an idea to produce a podcast for The Sociable, which is the media company I work for. It's one of their top publications. And uh, I got a lot of support from my, my superiors. And within the first couple episodes, I had like the, the vice president of McAfee. I had um, Nick Casey from the New York Times, who is the Andes Bureau in Chief or was the Andes Bureau in Chief here in South America. And yeah, it, it just seemed like it really kicked off and it was great. And then we also launched The Loudspeaker, which is a PR podcast for Publicize. So I currently host Brains Bite Back and The Loudspeaker. Uh, Brains Bite Back is a podcast focusing on psychology and technology. And The Loudspeaker is a podcast focusing on PR. Great topics to have a podcast on for sure. So how long have you been doing this now? Mm. So I think I started, that was in 2018. So just over two years or so now, but I must say it was a very slow process because it wasn't an immediate jump to podcasting. It was a transition. So I was producing less and less work as a writer and I was being encouraged to produce more and more content 
through podcasting and slowly this has evolved into something which like I now do on a daily basis. Like I live and breathe podcasting. I'm, I'm actually, um, I obviously being in Colombia, I speak Spanish, but it can always do with improvement. So I use podcasting to help with that. I'm learning French. I use podcasting for that. And just to be a better podcast host and all these things, I use podcasts at everything that I aspire to improve on. I almost use podcasting for that. So I very much enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I became obsessed with podcasting over the past two years. Before that, I was just, you know, it was just kind of there. And I think working, I have a home office that I mostly was working from. I didn't really have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. I just didn't even see when people possibly were listening to them. But then as I started um, doing things like, you know, driving or walking a lot, especially during the pandemic now, but, you know, that's when I listen to podcasts the most, it seems like. Um, But from a public relations standpoint, podcasts are such a great way to either host a podcast, in my opinion, or be a guest on a podcast. Like it's, you know, you, you can do both for sure. Um, I was just actually doing an interview before this talking about how, you know, this very successful entrepreneur, Nathan Hirsch, he started this company free up and just sold it. And he said the only, the main thing that they did to, for marketing was podcasting, was being a guest on podcasts. They didn't spend really any money on advertising, just basically PR. And I loved hearing that. It's like, you know, a PR person's dream that somebody gets it and really understands. So tell us why you think podcasts are such a great, the audio experience of a podcast is a great um, means of public public relations. So for me, I think the best thing about it is the fact that you can, is the one medium where you kind of just can be yourself and you can be promotional to a certain extent. No one wants to mean listen to whole podcasts where you're just going on and on and on. But at the same time, when you compare that to other forms of like a PR successes for example perhaps like a uh, a guest article you wouldn't be able to be too promotional on that that's more to demonstrate thought leadership but at the same time if you go onto a podcast you can demonstrate thought leadership while kind of being promotional because you're on there to talk about yourself your own experiences your work your company so i think that is really important on top of that personally for me uh, i'm sure this is open to debate with book lovers but the thing that i love about like audio is the fact that you hear someone's voice and you really understand like the, their inflections, the way they speak, you hear more of their personality than if it was just written on a page. And for me, I think that that is, that's so, so powerful. And I don't think that, I don't think that words can take that like kind of same experience that, um, that podcasts can, in my opinion, anyway. So you're an example of um, a brand that hosts several podcasts Um, so talk a little bit about the advantages of that. Like what has that done for your business and what can other brands learn from the possibility of starting their own podcast and what are some of the do's and don'ts if you, some of the social PR secrets behind that? Yeah. So, um, I have to say one thing. So if I'm looking at, um, let's take the, the loudspeaker, for example, I think one of the best ways in which we've utilized that to kind of like boost our brand is we've had a series called, um, publicizes PR pioneers where essentially we invite some of our like favorite and like best like clients that we really get along with. We've worked with for years and we have really good experiences with, and we have a long history of like successful PR results with them. And we invite them on the show just to discuss like their own PR journey, how they got into PR, like how publicizers helped them. And 
it's been a really great way of showcasing our relationship with these clients. And also it's kind of a different approach to testimonials. I mean, testimonials are great if you go onto a website and there's like a paragraph there saying like, oh, they were good because of this and we did this. But I think having like a 20 minute conversation, not just solely about why like uh, why our company's great because we've helped them with this, but also to get a bit of an understanding of their background because I think it's more relatable when, when a client or a prospect listens to a podcast with someone from their industry and they can relate to the fact that, like, oh, wow, they were at the same stage I was and now they're there and they produce these kind of results through PR, either by themselves or with the company. So it's almost like an audio case study. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's really great. And also I have to say one thing as well is that mm, the relationship with these clients is not one that I've had directly. So it's one that they've had with their account managers and their team, their writers. They're kind of like um, their little squad or unit that they work with within our company. And I'm speaking to them for the first time. And I have to say, as a podcast host, it's really nice to jump on uh, the phone with like just really happy clients that are just like genuinely happy to chat about like the work we're doing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really inspiring. I, I've really enjoyed it. Do you have a formula that you use for the, um, the questions, um, the interview style, or is it free flow? So for both of the shows that I, I work on, I prepare questions in advance and I share them with the guests. And I know that that's not always the best thing to do on every podcast uh, because obviously like sometimes you want that kind of immediate response. You want to see what they say off the top of their head. But I think for both podcasts that I um, for Brains Bite Back, that's a very technology psychology focused podcast. And I, I really like the idea of them being prepared and coming to the table with like research and information and just being like as prepared as possible to share the most juiciest knowledge that they can. Um, and then as for the loudspeaker, I do the same, but that's primarily because I feel that again, I want them to come to the table with as much information as they can. So I usually prepare the questions, but again, it's not like a, a police kind of interrogation. It's not like question, answer, question, answer. I like to try and dissect questions or answers rather. So perhaps if I ask a question and they respond with something and then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Let's go down here. And I'll, I, I warn them about that beforehand. So I'm like, it's not just going to be these questions. Like we'll see where it goes. And I really like to keep it free flowing because I don't know about you, but sometimes guests are a bit nervous. Maybe they haven't been on podcasts before. Or maybe they're a bit afraid of public speaking. And I like to let them know, like, look, it's relaxed. It's like you're down at the pub or bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, having a conversation mm -hmm. over some beers. So, yeah. yeah. And the great part with podcasts is that it's not live. Um, mm. Some of them go live. But um, for the most part, we're recording right now. And, you know, if there's something that we need to go in and edit, you know, we can go in and easily take out certain parts that, you know, somebody's just like kind of going blank on something. So that's always nice. But speaking of that, what type of equipment do you like to use? What are some of your behind the scenes um, favorite podcasting um, tools and platforms? Okay. Um, yeah. So thank goodness they're edited because there's so many times when I screw it up and I'm like, I'm going to need to cut that out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I suppose when, I, when we first started, I worked with uh, companies like Audio Technician, and I didn't really know much about it when I got started, like he handled most of it. Um, but I've taken more and more of a hands-on approach because it's something that I want to learn. So when we started, we used um, Skype and then we used eCaller to record. 
However, when the pandemic happened, I was stuck at home and I had to find my own way of doing things. So we used uh, Google Hangouts and we recorded through there. And then I downloaded the video and turned that into an audio. And I edit using uh, Adobe because that's I, that's the one that I started with. And to be honest, like that's the one everyone um, seems to love. Like at least whenever I do my research of like what's the best audio software out there, I'm very fortunate that that's the one I got started with because that seems to be one of the one of the best out there. Uh, so I would highly recommend that. Um, as for as for like the actual like Google Hangouts or Zoom or or Skype, I can't profess like one is better than the other obviously you use, you use zoom and uh, you're an advocate for that and i actually i didn't know you could record google hangouts no oh it's yeah i didn't know until like i was forced in this situation <laughs> because i was like oh, i've got a call this friday and i can't go to the office to record i'm not gonna have to bring the stuff here i was like how am i gonna record like i don't have the software on my my uh computer so how am i gonna do this and it was literally just like can I phone you up and see if I can record this and see if it works? And my friend was like, yeah, sure. And it did. <laughs> and since then we've been using it. Um, but in all honesty, I think there's a, a plethora of options out there and they all seem, um, they all seem to get the job done. I'd, I'd say so. Awesome. Awesome. So what are some interview tips that you can share with us besides the preparation of questions? I know guests can be nervous and they like to feel prepared, but anything on, on your side that you do, that's kind of your, process or system mm. so i suppose the best piece of advice that i've ever received when it comes to podcast hosting is actually nothing to do with like podcasting or hosting really specifically but dan harris i don't know if you're familiar with him he focuses a lot on meditation and he was on the daily show with trevor noah and he mm. said something very interesting like um Trevor Noah was joking around saying like, oh, can you meditate in a minute? Can you meditate in 30 seconds? Can you meditate in a second? And then Dan Harris is kind of like laughing. And then Trevor Noah goes, wait, are you meditating right now? Like <laughs> <laughs> just making a joke out of it. And then Dan Harris responded like, well, I kind of am in a way because I'm 100% present because I need to focus on what you're saying in order to give an accurate response and to give you my all. So in many ways, yes, I am 100% present and in, in some kind of form, I am meditating. So um, for me, that's always been something which I focus on. So I try my best when I am speaking with someone. I'm always like focused, like 100%, like nothing else in the world matters, nothing before this, nothing after this. Mm -hmm. There's only this moment to discuss this topic with this person and you got to give you 110%. So yeah. That's great That's advice. The best advice. <laughs> right up my alley. So I don't, I wrote the book Social PR Secrets, but and also Digital Detox Secrets, and it's really mm -hmm. talks about you know we talk about meditation and the importance of it, especially you know digital work life balance. Um, and I actually have Dan Harris's Ten Percent Happier um, app on my phone right now, and yeah. my husband and I listen to it every night before we go to bed. There's a meditation for that like kind of puts you to sleep. It's like this like meditative sleeping pill, but it's not a pill. So it's awesome. But I feel the same way when I'm um, doing any type of anything like this, whether it's a podcast interview or speaking at an event, which that's not happening anymore, but um, anything like that, like I just zone everything out. It's like before I actually, you know, especially speaking at an event, like I just don't like to talk to anybody. I just like to go straight from like my hotel room straight to when I'm actually speaking because I just don't want anything interfering. 
um, I have to show you this when I, <laughs> you just talk about meditating. So this is called the Apollo wearable. So I'm wearing it on my nice. ankle and it's like a, it gives off different um, vibrations and you can set it for positivity, focus, energy, meditation, or going to sleep. So I wear that. That was actually one of my secrets too, is that it just helps me like, you know, stay very focused and keeps my nerves down in some, yeah, some way. It's, so it's almost like a sport in some ways. I feel yeah. like when you can, it's, it sounds like the same way athletes prepare and can focus for a sport. I feel like uh, it's, it's a similar sort of activity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's a great tip for hosts and actually for guests too. If you're going to be a guest, you know, mm. you, you know, to really just kind of like give yourself space before and after to collect yourself and collect your thoughts and, you know, just be yourself, I think is, you know, one piece of advice that I would give too. Mm -hmm. When it comes to pot, like podcasting has exploded over the past couple of years. So how do you really stand out with your podcast if you're just getting started? Yeah. So that's difficult. Um, Yeah. I suppose uh, also not just the case of like having a podcast stand out for its industry, but just in general, there's so much noise on the internet and there's so many options for what people can consume. I find that in general is the hardest. But I think having the podcast stand out, I think for the loudspeaker, it's 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 more difficult because, and I'm sure you can relate to this, having a PR podcast. I mean, there's there's not only one. Obviously, like we've got one each, and then there's other ones, and there's multiple options that people can choose when they want to learn about PR, especially through podcasting. So I find that like having your niche or your your unique selling point is kind of more difficult in that sense but with brains bite back the podcast was actually created as a result of there being a hole in um or a gap in the market rather so i was a technology writer and i love podcasts and i'm a psychology graduate so i mostly wrote about technology and psychology but i found that there wasn't really a podcast to fulfill my desire to listen to and absorb information in the medium that i wanted so I very much thought like, well, you know, if there's no one else doing this and this is something I'm really passionate about, then this has got to be like my calling. Uh, so for Brain Spike Back, I definitely feel like it very much kind of is on its kind of own level. And um, there's not too many podcasts which like it contends with. But with the loudspeaker, that's, that's a harder approach. Yeah, definitely. Can you share some of your favorite interviews or interview topics with technology? the technology and psychology topics? Yeah. Oh man, this is a, it's going to be a tough one. There's so many to choose from. So there was a really good one, which we had initially uh, many episodes ago and it was really interesting. We had an ex NASA engineer uh, and um, a politician, an economist who is a politician and he's running for Congress and they came on to discuss what our future would look like when potentially AI takes over a large amount of jobs. So like in the very distant future, when so much is being run by AI, we have very little to do and what that future might look like if we were to have universal basic income. So what would work look like and what would our lives look like? How would we make money? What would, what would the whole economy look like? And it was a really interesting conversation, especially because the conversation between the two of them just took off. Like it was so great to see that like there were some moments when I didn't even like speak for a while because it it was so passionate between the two of them. And it was so interesting. They were talking on a level that was just like, 
so high that it was yeah it was really interesting to hear about and uh, yeah a really interesting episode i like that one do you um typically have multiple guests no so i usually try and go for like one guest or potentially have like a two guests but maybe not on at the same time it entirely depends on what i think works best for the format of the show perhaps if i feel that the two guests can complement each other or perhaps if i feel that the two guests might bring different opinions to the the argument or the, the debate then i'd like to have them on together but the the podcast is more about like information so it's more about like learning so it's less about debates unless that is a uh, controversial topic and then i want to bring two people on from different opinions but it's more about exploring something so it's more about having someone on and then i just get to ask them loads of questions like how does this work why does it do that why, what what is this doing so it really depends on the format of the episode and the topic yeah that's interesting um have you tried doing a, a solo like not having a guest and I, I did that actually last week i recorded a solo episode talking about writing for pr because that there's so many pet peeves that i have that just happen with writers that i just was like okay i'm gonna do one episode and i'm just gonna talk about all the different tips in writing and journalism style and ap style and words to avoid have you ever done anything like that before i haven't um i would like to give it a go maybe one day if i was inspired maybe similar to yourself if there was a topic or something that i thought like right i, I can share something with the world here like i've got something to give where i'm like yeah grab the mic let's go but I think the thing that makes me such a passionate podcast host is the fact that I'm so inquisitive, inquisitive, inquisitive. Yeah. I never get that right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have a real passion for learning and I just want to speak to people and learn. So for me, I think if I did get the drive or the, the, the desire to do that, then I would probably give it a try. But as it stands, I love just having people on and just being like, why why like one of my former bosses told me that i remind her of a five-year-old when they're going through that stage of being like why <laughs> why like just constantly asking <laughs> questions and i'm glad that i've found a, a job which kind of allows me to <laughs> to, to carry yeah. that out <laughs> yeah i mean you know a journalist that's you know basically what you are you are a technology journalist and now you're an audio journalist yeah I, yeah i i I often forget that that's kind of like something that exists like an audio journalist, but definitely I feel like I fit into that space a hundred percent. Well, I can tell you firsthand that doing the solo episode is not easy. So <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it unless you had like this really passionate topic. Um, I mean, I, I didn't mind it, but I, I actually enjoy having multiple guests. Usually I just, we just have a single guest. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm a big fan of, um, you know, when I'm doing a webinar or something, like I do not like doing a webinar by myself and just talking to like, you don't even know, you know, like this whole crowd of people that you can't see. Yeah versus having more of like the talk show format where, you know, you have somebody to bounce things off of and have a conversation going and be a little bit more engaging. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like, I like multiple guests concept or, or two host concept. I think that that's, um, that's something, you know, if you're considering to do a podcast that you don't have to do it, be the, the host by yourself, or you could have a co-host or maybe a backup host where, you know, you kind of take turns. It's, it's a big commitment to, yeah. to put out a podcast and it could be, you know, kind of intimidating, like, oh my God, I have to do this every week where I don't know how you do it, but like what we do is we do, you know, batches of um, interviews, like on certain days of the week, we'll do a bunch of interviews so that we can get ahead and 
right now we're not that ahead, but um, we're usually like maybe a month out um, where we could kind of swap out depending on what the theme, what the topics are. So it's not that stressful to have to yeah. do something every week. If you miss a week, it's okay because, you know, you have a batch of interviews. What, do you have a system that you do? Yeah, something like that. I mean, um, when we were doing it in the office and I used to record in the office before the pandemic, uh, I had a very basic system of just like once a week. So I, I would record one week, have a week to like sort out, edit it, edit it and prepare it to go out. Uh, however, since then, and the, the reason for doing so was because our office was usually a lot quieter on Fridays. So I took advantage of that. But since I've been recording from home, like I can record anytime. So I've really just been trying to like get a backlog of calls and like content. Um, and as it stands, yeah, like we, we, the content itself is fine, but it's more the preparation of everything. That's the, that's the long part. Like I can jump on a call and have a call with someone and then I'm great. I've got that content, but it's the, all the other things, the editing, the preparing the script is like um, all those sorts of small details. There's are ones which are, uh, slow slow us down i suppose and uh when we can we try and get ahead in episodes so like make sure like the next two or three weeks ideally like the episode set everything's prepared like you don't need to do anything but um yeah when other things go on your plate it can be hard to like keep those plates spinning pretty much yes definitely and do you have any tips for your um anything special you do for your show notes you mean like the um, the notes which we post when yeah. when it's like published? Um, like some people, some some podcasts they um, they just do very brief bullet points. Mm. We do a combination of you know just a short summary and then some highlights, mm. um, and then some completely gate their their show notes, and you have to actually give an email address to get the, sh- the very detailed show notes. Yeah. So we, we don't do transcripts. We don't have transcripts of the shows, but one thing we do for the loudspeaker, it's usually a very brief summary paragraph. It's very short. I mean, the idea of that show is that it's quite, quite brief and quite short. I mean, they're just 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be kind of very bite-sized and that this, the descriptions are similar in that sense. And usually just have a few bullet points, like three bullet points of what we go over and what you're going to learn from the show. The brains bite back is a little bit different because it's on the sociable which is like a, a website for articles and mm. the editor of that. He's very specific that like he likes to have somewhat of an article for everything that we put out. So the brains bite back posts, they're usually kind of like a mini article. So it's more or less like the introduction of the show, which we do like at the start of the podcast or episode uh, mixed with a bit more information or something else or some other kind of links because he really likes the idea of having like a nice little mini article, which to be honest, like is nice. I get it. And um, he kicks me up the butt for like actually getting out and getting it sorted and like having a really nice finished product there. So I think uh, that works well in that sense. Do you still do writing? Do you still do a lot of writing or it's mostly just podcasting? Mostly just podcasting. I have to say like, I, I enjoy writing, but I feel that it, like the, everyone has a certain amount of bandwidth or, or, or focus. And for me, I'm so passionate about podcasting and I'm so passionate about making the content that I put out the best that it can be and improving my skills in this department and area that I feel that that's where I prefer to focus my time. Nonetheless, I am very grateful that I worked as, for a number of years as a writer. 
so that it's something that I have in my skill set, like if I need to, but I still very much feel like my greatest strength and my greatest interest is in audio. Do you have any writing tips from when you, you know, that you practice that you think are just good tips for journalistic journalism type of writers, which I'm a big fan of editorial style versus marketing style. Yeah. Um, the only thing which I really learned when it came to writing is just, you have to just revise and revise and revise again. Like in the sense that like when you produce something like the first draft, like you're going to, you're going to tear that apart and start again and cut things out. One of my biggest issues is I put way too many words in. So I think one of the things which I've really learned to do is just write and write as, as you will, as you like, however you like, but then try your hardest to maybe like cut that in half, like cut all the unnecessary stuff out because it's so easy just to ramble. Whereas like when you're forced to produce like a guest article for a client or someone, and it has to be within this word count and you have to get all the information in there and get all these facts in there that's when you have to realize like, right, I need to say as much as possible, almost in as little as possible. That was a really hard skill to develop. But yeah, I would advise, like revise, get other people to look at it, get their advice and just try and cut it down as much as you can to, to really have the most important stuff there and no waffle. Yeah, I love that. And um, do you have any tips on promoting the podcast once it goes live? So... I would say the most success we've had and one of the avenues that I really enjoy because it's something I like personally is Reddit because on Reddit, I personally love Reddit. I am on it all the time um, because I think if the, the best description of Reddit I've heard is if Facebook is people you know talking about things you don't care about, Reddit is people you don't know talking about things you care about. And I think that's absolutely true because there are subreddits for everything. Like no matter what your interest is, there's other people online talking about that. And I think that's particularly true when it comes to the podcast, when I publish stuff in there, I've had a lot of success with Reddit psychology, the subreddit there, because one, I love it. I'm, I'm on it every day. I'm always checking out the latest research there. Um, but two, I feel that like I now understand and know like what interests them and what would be appropriate. So sometimes I have a show and I'm like, you know what, this isn't like, that's not applicable for this, but maybe it's applicable for like the AI subreddit. Um, and I think this isn't the only avenue you can go down because I know that Facebook groups are also incredibly popular for this. I think just finding the right kind of groups where people are genuinely going to be interested in the content you've produced and posting it in a way that isn't too promotional because Certainly on Reddit, there's moderators and they have very strict rules. And if you put something in there, which clearly doesn't add value to the group and you're just looking to promote, then it's doubtful like you're going to get any success there or even get posted there. Yeah, that's um, that's super interesting. I'm going to check out Reddit. I mean, I've heard like I just haven't I don't know, like haven't ever really explored Reddit, even though everybody talks about it. It's just for whatever. It's pretty reason. nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you really get into it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, you find your niche in there, but it's good. I, I'd recommend if there's certain topics which you're interested in or yeah. certain things you're passionate about, just search Reddit and then search that and there's probably a group. Okay, definitely. Have to check it out. So just circling back to psychology and technology, what are some of the trends, especially in 2020, like that you're talking about? Or Yeah, so one thing that I find that comes up a lot is like ethical issues with technology, um, especially with AI because it seems that it's going, it's 
changing so much of society. And on top of that, as like advancements take place, it's almost like compound growth in the sense that it's accelerated further and further and further. So perhaps the change in technology and society that we've seen in the last 10 years will probably be twice as fast as in the next 10 years. And a lot of the time we find that like laws don't always keep up with this. So the, and also politicians, they don't always keep up with technology as it is. And I think that technology and society is incredibly heavily influenced by like what laws are in place to allow what. So Bitcoin, for example, like that just came out of nowhere, almost like in 2017 for many people. And then governments responded like accordingly as a result of that. And it's so incredible to see that kind of shift where technology just explodes forward and then everything else tries to catch up. So like the society's use of this technology and of course, like governments scrambling to understand what it is and how it impacts their society and the legal cases and uh, approaches they take to it. I mean, some countries, Bitcoin is still illegal and other countries it's like fully accepted. And of course there comes other things like taxing and that sort of thing. So that's one example. But in general, I would say that AI is a huge issue. Like AI in so many ways, like how's it going to impact our work? What's it going to do in like a, a war type scenario or situation? And also social media, because social media impacts us in so many ways, not only like politically and how we perceive the world, but also our emotions and our sense of uh, belonging in the world and our sense of value and worth. So I would say that advancements in technology, how we relate to them and specifically around like social media and AI, I would say they're the main ones. Yeah, that's very interesting. And that's what we'll talk about when I'm the guest on your podcast. What I want to talk about is just, I just, you know, have been very um, well researched and keeping up with artificial intelligence and augmented reality and virtual reality and how that's disrupting public relations. Um, You know, and it's, it's not, it's here, it's now, it's actually happening. And a lot of public relations professionals and, you know, marketers in general or CMOs are just don't even have it on their radar. Mm. Um, so yeah, just one of the things that's just like mind blowing is that, you know, you could actually hire or create a virtual being to be your influencer. So <laughs> yeah. And create like the perfect influencer and instead of hiring one, you just create one. That's mad. Yeah. yeah. I- It's funny because I've discussed all these topics on my show before. And when you mentioned that you wanted to do like AI and VR and AR, it's like around PR. I was like, wow, I never thought of that before. And I thought that was such a novel topic because so many people want to come on and talk about like storytelling or narrative in PR or these kind of like same topics. So I'm often having to tell people like, no, we kind of covered that already or no. And when you told me about like what you want to cover, I was like, awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So if you're listening, you'll have to hop on over to loudspeaker, right? Yeah. Um, watch for it for, for my interview. And we'll talk about AR, AI, VR and PR. And, um, you know, the thing that is just so interesting is that people are so can be so intimidated by combining those and just like the word artificial intelligence or mm. augmented reality. And there's really very simple, very like you could just start using like right now. Um, in your in your PR practice that you're okay you're using augmented reality you know, it's just very yeah. easy and very actionable so it's exciting um, so any any further words of wisdom before we wrap up this interview that you can offer on 
you know, brands that might want to get into podcasting or improve and level up their podcasting um, game? Yeah, I would just say if you contact like podcast hosts or those looking to get onto a podcast, I'd say really understand what's valuable for them because there's so many times when I get stories and then they're not quite right. But if someone comes to me with a, with a great angle, then immediately I'm going to do all I can to like have them on the show and kind of like tell their story. So I would say, yeah, just get a good understanding of like what podcast you want to be on and what the producer or host is looking for and try and offer them something which really fits in with what they're looking for. You know, what you just said is basically the whole concept of public relations and media outreach. You know, we, we get this all the time. It's like, um, I, we just did a really fun um, episode. I'll send you the link. It's like the, you know, all the different PR myths uh, working with an agency that we hear. It's like, oh, if you hire an agency that's in New York, they're going to have better relationships, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just all these other myths. But I mean, just the basic is that, you know, you have to understand whether it's a podcast or whether it's um, a TV outlet or whether it's an online publication, understand, you know, basically what topics they're covering and what angles their audience would be interested in and make their job easy and pitch them the idea. You don't have to know them personally or have done something with them before, even though that helps to build the relationship. It's just crafting the right angle and the right pitch, Mm -hmm. whether it's a podcast host or, or any journalist or reporter or producer. Yeah. And I, similar to like what you mentioned about like you don't have to know them before but i would say that if someone does successfully pitch something and it's like 100 percent what i'm looking for i'm definitely more likely to give that person uh the time of day and like attention in the future and that's kind of like building relationships with journalists i guess like another major point in pr and even if like they send me stuff in the future um which maybe isn't a good fit i'm still far more likely to get back to them because i know that like right. right like like i'll take my time they've helped me before and they might help me again and it's just good to be like maintain like a decent relationship with them even if i'm like hey on this occasion no it's it's not going to work but again thanks for reaching out awesome yeah well any um what's your call to action on on here what what would you what would you like our listeners to do uh i suppose check out um brains bite back they can do that by going to sociable.co Alternatively, they can go to like Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, like Podbean, basically anywhere where there's podcasts, they'll find Brains Bite Back. And I should specify that's brains, like like B R A I N S. Yeah, I had a brain. <laughs> anyway, brains and then bite, but like B Y T E, so like gigabyte and then back. So that's uh should be quite easy to find. Um, and then there's the loudspeaker. And they can find that through Spotify, iTunes, anywhere they get podcasts. Alternatively, they can go to publicize.co where we have uh, all our episodes up there and we got their pages dedicated to them. So yeah, either of those options are, are available. Awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time today. We learned so much about podcasting for PR. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Look forward to our next interview. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, 
while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.